Hi, welcome to the Awaken Soul Vibes. I'm your co-host, Sunshine Awake. I'm here with April, your host. How's everyone doing today? Just packed in with all my lovely friends and family out here in California and worldwide. Yes, probably where it's sunny. I'm pretty sure you're getting the ocean breeze, staying away from those wonderful wildfires. Oh yes, that's why I'm in the house. <laughs> Praise Lord. I hope everyone is staying safe out here in these COVID streets. That everybody is masked up, sanitized, everything. Um, what else? Like. Oh, we got some exciting news. A few months ago, April, you did an interview with Tati. Probably one of my favorite shows that I like watching as a kid that has completely changed. Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Can you talk about it for a little bit? Yes. Tati, she does not post a lot on her social media. I think she might have deactivated her Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. But she made a post about she was going to be featuring on GalaxyCon Live as um, you know, her character Prudence. And it was the whole advertising of Chilling, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. You know, they just hit their last season and then they got canceled and, they, and didn't get picked up. But what they did was create a lot of, you know, buzz in the witchy gothic community with that show, Killing the Adventures of Sabrina. It's not like the one in the 90s that we have. This, this one is based off of a, a comic book, and it's related to those old comics, those drive-in through comics like Archie and all those. Mm. Remember with the girl and the guy and the other girl and they used to walk around with the, you know, like the whole 1960s, whatever. But anyways, it's, it's around that era. So they did like a gory and I will say Santanic because yes, it was, you know, a part of their religion or whatever, but that's not what the show was really about. Like, it was just about like, you know, conquering you know, that old belief system about women are not supposed to be this way and that way, and that's why they had the whole Lilith character in the show. But if, anyway, she advertised um, that she was going to be featured on there, and I looked and I checked her schedule, and I booked the schedule to meet her with the Galaxy Con Live, and it worked out really well. But yeah. They did a whole Q&A um, on there with the a whole show cast. Well, just a few of the cast members. And so um, right after they got done doing that, the panel of some of the uh, people on the show, they offered one-on-one um, Q&As that you purchased. So I purchased one, and then they gave me an extra few minutes because I stayed in the uh, waiting room for her to join in. So that, that it worked out really nice lovely girl and she's gonna be on the new episode of uh no the new season of you on netflix in october october the 15th oh that's one of my other shows that i like watching if no one has caught it it's um i would like to say psychological it'll just keep you guessing a lot um in a good way 
hopefully there isn't people who are um, very obsessive because that is really what it's about it, it gets a little little deep <laughs> so um very interesting um to say that but i'm excited because you know one thing i just learned just having you speak regarding tati um again which is one of my shows that i did watch um, like you said, even though it's slightly satanic, uh, what I got out of it was really um, the character, like the woman, the feminism, where Sabrina, her character, she's really invoking um, her dualities. And I think, I think often most of us kind of walk in that side, um, whether on the spiritual side or what we say, simple side, however you want to play on to that. Um, she's getting to balance out both, which is pretty neat. Um, whether she's gonna go, whatever direction she decides to go, she's she's gonna end up bringing balance into her life. And um, the, also the part of her being a witch, I think is also pretty cool. But one thing that I did learn from you is that you have a knack for comics. And of course, back in the day, in our day, you know, 80s, 90s, comics books was pretty uh, popular. I'm not going to say it's a dying art now, but I think it's pretty cool um, that you're kind of really into this. Comic books wasn't really my thing. I probably have a few of them, but it's, it's neat to still, especially being a woman, that this is something that you're really into. Um, so do you go to comic cons or any of those type of events, cosplays and things? My sister, she lived in San Diego for a little bit. And I always ask her like, girl, what's going on right now? You know, it's the, it's the comic con weekend or something like that. And she'll just describe to me like the costumes you would see out there. And I would see it on um, social media. And it would just make me feel like a kid again, you know, just seeing like wrong people or just all kinds of people from all walks of life, they get to gather in this space and show their appreciation for the fantasy world. And I just think that's so dope, you know, because a lot of people do that for holidays, you know, like Halloween, but with things like Galaxy Con, you know, the one I did with Tati's because we're in, a time where you know we're locked down and you know we're just trying to keep our distance that was like the best thing that they can offer the fans was to purchase uh, a Q&A with these people that we adore to see on television and in comics and movies as well oh wow I didn't know that I know um, mm -hmm. with me you know uh, being in a little bit in the beauty industry I did have a few model clients that truly love Cosmoplay, did a few magazines with them. And, you know, I really didn't know at the time that this was a thing, if I'm being honest, I'm probably a little green in that. I was like, uh, you know, I just thought people only dressed up for Halloween, not to be naive, but um, my client invited me and she was like, oh no, we do this all the time. We, um, what is those like um, mean, I forget what they're called. But it's like, um, it, it's some game that most people play. And I, I mean, they dress up like these characters in the anime. That's what I meant to say. Anime. 
um, uh-huh. characters and things. And I'm like, oh, dude, you you really into this? <laughs> and I didn't I didn't know. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, and then having another client that's into like the feminine, like Femin Patel type thing, and she really loves uh, Dita, and I can't remember her last name right now, but um, I was like, oh, you know, so I'm getting to learn about different characters, which is pretty nice. Um, given so much cultural diversity, no matter what, I think it's pretty unique in this world. Like everybody has their own thing, like they have their own niche and what they're into, but there's a lot of commonality or similarities surrounding that. So, which brings me to the point of how we got to know each other. Can we talk about our spirituality? Yes, I grew up in a religious background. Shout out to all my cousin Baptist family members and friends. Shout out to all my Methodists. Shout out to Catholics. <laughs> um, but I studied in so many different denominations to the point to where I was like, let me just hit up the Seven Day Adventist Church because I agree with a lot of the things that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of like was my graduation once I hit that when I was like, I'm cool on the whole religious thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I love people for who they are. Mm-hmm. I do for my community, and I try to edify myself all the time. You know what I mean? So, I've always felt like I was quote-unquote witchy and different and very highly sensitive. I don't want to identify myself as an empath. Mm-hmm. I'll just identify as a highly sensitive individual. Like, I could be somewhere and I could just feel the whole room and then like my whole body would just tingle all over it to the point where like I have goosebumps all up and down my legs and arms and my and, and like my back feels that way and I'm like what's wrong you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I, I just feel like I'm able to tap into different elements and tap into different you know uh, frequencies than some other people do and I feel like being myself and coming out as a quote-unquote bitch I really hate that word I'd rather find another word um <laughs> is something that I have always been I, I've always been a magical person like when I was seven years old my grandparents had an encyclopedia a, a whole remember back in the days everybody would have the encyclopedia yes. library Britannica all day <laughs> girl I remember <laughs> one weekend as a kid in the summertime in Mississippi, I seen the whole palm reading section. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, what's this? Started studying it. My friends would come over, stay, stay the night with me on the weekends. I would sit there and read their hands, read the lines on their hands, and tell them if they were going to get married, if they are going to have kids. Totally tapped into that lane. And I would just open up all kind of portals and I used to be in the backyard at my grandma's house. She lived deep in the country, like nowhere, in the middle of sticks. And so I would just open up. Hold on now, you said you said sticks. What sticks are we talking about? What backyard? We are talking about in the backwoods where you don't hardly see nothing. (laughs) And what part is that? Because when you say Southern Baptist, what, what Southern area are you from? 
Mississippi. Oh, Lord. Humpback, humpback. Mississippi, baby. Okay. <laughs> All right. Where you gonna see some doggone Holy Ghost? I see Holy Ghost Mama. here. You know, you know, people talk about, oh, the Holy Ghost. Well, I was from the backwoods where you really would see it. Okay. Where you would see the shouting and the running up and down the aisle and this so-and-so with the biggest hat on in the church. So definitely from that world. So Pea Valley is that is that a description of Mississippi or is it is it not quite? I would call that satire. Okay, but a lot of it is a lot of it is very spot on. Okay, okay, very spot on. I'm getting a glimpse. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So you back there opening portals? I'm back there opening up portals because I'm bored. <laughs> My imagination is on a thousand as, as a child. You know, most kids, they, they're very passionate and in tune when they're young. It's just us adults try to conform them and say, hey, quit thinking like that or quit being this way. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't know what kind of chakra you're trying to shut down when you do that to kids. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all of my chakras were blocked at an early age because I was trying to conform into this world, into this society that I didn't want to be accepted in. Because if I feel like if I was being accepted or approved and validated by my family and friends and community, then I'm nobody. You know, I came from the school of hard knocks. Like when we were in, in class, mm-hmm. we bust jokes on each other at any given moment. And nobody walked away crying. Nobody walked away as a, as a poor sport. Like, oh, I'm going to beat you up afterwards. Like, we just had so much fun doing that. And that was just our way to release whatever stress that we were dealing with. So comedy also was a, a, a big part of my life. You know, just trying to make things funny and entertaining. So I will always look at people as characters. Well, that makes sense now for me as an adult that I give people nicknames. Not because I can't remember their name, but it's just like something that I like to do to relate to that person and their character of who they are. And I think it's, um, I just think we all do some things. Maybe that's the inner child that still comes out, but I think it's also uh, amazing like that you recognize that at an early age that this is who you are. I mean, so, has anything changed since then? And, you know, and what would you say also, you know, we grew up in a different era. I think, you know, we were considered like the latchkey kids. This is, you know, 80s born, 90s raised era. You know, how much has the world changed since since then for you? Well, now you can go online, you can type up any child sex offenders in your in your area. We didn't have that growing up as a kid. That's true. And That's kids true. are not outside. Well, we had Chester. We, we all knew who Chester was, though. We had a whole song about him. Oh. Yeah, we, yeah, these kids are not outside playing from sun up to sundown anymore, either. Yeah, and I think, um, I don't know, for some odd reason, I feel like you know, yeah, I grew up in, we grew up in the era of stranger danger, right? We were taught a lot of things. 
Um, but it just seems like certain nuances have shaped and cultivated a culture that doesn't really allow for playfulness to me, um, especially when it comes to school. I don't have children as of yet, but I know you do. So I don't know if the educational system has changed as well. It just seems to me be a little bit more rigid. I think we don't have cursive anymore. There's not home economics. And I think recess is almost non-existent. Um, whether they're not outside on the merry-go-round or on the swings. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out like how do they have fun and by the time they're like 18, like some of my, my little cousins and things, they're not even 18, I want to say 14. They already have their mindset on college and getting an application. Like they just seem to be so hyper-focused and somewhat um, more prone to active bullying because of cyberbullying that's taking place with the internet which has changed a little bit. Like there's not much fist fights that are taking place. Well, I can't say it's not fist fights taking place because they do exist. I mean, I guess World Star catches everything these days. But, um, you know, back in the day, if we wanted, if we had a problem, we would square up. It just seems like we can't really do that anymore. It's not safe where a child may not come home. So it just seems like society is different. Yeah, these kids are growing up a lot faster now than they did when we were kids. Like, you know, they're worried about, like, the way they look more. They're worried about if they want to alter their body. And I'm not trying to comfort anybody that got any kind of surgery done to, their, to themselves. But that's not what I'm saying. It's just at an early age when you're only, like, 12, 13 years old and you look at yourself here and these people that you look up to that do have surgery, this is what your reality looks like. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. I, that's what we had to deal with. Like, when we had a homegrown booty, we all knew that was a homegrown booty. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, I'm like, that is not a homegrown booty. That came from out the lab or <laughs> from that you know, I'm wearing Harlem or wherever they do on there. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not coming with y'all, but it's trying to make it look a little bit more natural. Yeah. Can the thighs match? <laughs> you know, um, to each his own. You know, whoever is out there who, you know, wants their own, however they choose to look, that's their prerogative. I'm going to just say that. Um, but I do yeah. agree. I do agree with you about proportion. So, you know, I just know growing up that if you had a booty, you know, we wore long t-shirts or stuff and stuff to cover us up. Not that we're ashamed of our shapes or our body type, but it was just um, about manners and, you know, being poised kind of um at least growing up for me. I was raised Roman Catholic. That's a whole nother topic for another day. That's um, Catholicism is not something that I believe in any longer. Um, but I just know how we were raised and how we were to carry ourselves in a certain way. And I think a lot of that too comes from a culture similar where we can speak on 
you know, both being of Filipina descent, it's like, there are a lot of stuff I couldn't do. I wish I could, but um, having a Blasian mom, I would say, is quite different <laughs> than just having my Filipino grandmother. So I was like, I get to have the best of both worlds on both sides, including my father, who's Creole. But, you know, with all that culture, it's so different in growing up. So it's it's um, it's interesting to see how everybody else operates. And then having other, my other friends come over and they're like, y'all different. <laughs> I'm like, how different are we? We're not that different. I think it's pretty cool though. Like, I don't know, I like being me. <laughs> I think being multicultural is multifaceted. It's pretty cool. And there's so many, it so many uh, deviations, like things that you can go into. Spirituality for me is so uniquely different than what I ever knew to be. And I think it's pretty dope to be on both sides. So. So let's just go ahead and acknowledge the fact that it is um, September 11th and we want to talk about how did that make you feel seeing that on the news, Andrea. Um, I had been at least about 17, 18 years old when it, when it all went down. I was, I was getting dressed for school. Mm-hmm. I was still living in Mississippi at the time and my grandma she was already up having her morning coffee. She was already sitting down in front of the television. And I, I think it was like about five o'clock in the morning. Here in New York, I'm Brian Gumble. We understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of Manhattan. You're looking at the uh, World Trade Center. We understand that a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. We don't know anything more than that. We don't know if it was a commercial aircraft. We don't know if it was a private aircraft. We have no idea how many were on board or what is what the extent of the injuries are right now. Mm-hmm. And she was talking loud, like, y'all come out here in the front. So I looked and I was like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, whoa. And so I just know that that was the year that I had moved back to California. And I just remember, like, they changed the way you travel. Mm-hmm. Like, from LAX to Mississippi, I always fly to New Orleans, but it was completely different. Like, check this, scan this, do this, do that. Like, everything changed. Everything changed. Like, how was your experience? And where were you on September 11th? So on 9-11 was a profound year and I'll tell you why for me. Um, That same year is the year that Aaliyah, if you recall the singer, um, her plane had crashed. I actually was um, in um, Rest Her Soul. I was on a family vacation for the first two weeks. In my senior year of high school, I actually was in Hawaii. And I came back. That that week that I came back is when 9/11 happened. And you know, to learn the story, um, I remember sitting in my third period class, and our principal coming on. And you know, I, I will never forget her words about our great nation and acts that all of the teachers put on, you know, the TV. And when they turned on the TV. 
it's when the second plane hit the Twin Towers. And that morning, I recall, for people that don't know, I actually reside in DC and Pentagon got hit. Most of the people, uh, especially like even my parents, you know, they, they work for the government in some capacity, um, being um, in the DMV area. So it was, it was heart-wrenching. I tried to reach out to my mom. I remember it being eerie because she didn't, um, normally she'd come in and give me a hug or kiss. She just got on the plane and went out um, and I couldn't get a hold of her. So I just kept trying, like we all tried, you know, phones were down and I finally got a hold of her, but she couldn't tell me where she was. And granted she was safe, you know, by the time we learned everything that occurred, you know, a few of my classmates, their parents, unfortunately, were casualties in this unforeseen event. And it's one of those things like, how do you, how can you accept certain things graduating? Like this is our senior year and my mom or, you know, my dad is supposed to be here to walk, walk me go across the stage. And my heart goes out to those people. And even our first responders, those especially in New York that it has truly impacted and which we get to hear about, but most people don't know how much we mourn in the DMV area as well. And, you know, a portion of the Pentagon, which is a part of national history as well, you know, that's that was being rebuilt. So it's just um, one of those things where it made me look at life differently you know, waking up and realizing that nothing is promised and um, understanding the history behind what occurred and why we now have, you know, this tight niche on traveling and how we travel. Um, so I'm grateful for the safety protocols that are in place, although rigid at times. They're there for our protection so that things like 9-11 don't happen again. But, you know, for me, it's it's um, it's hard. Um, I'm actually tearing up as I, I speak because it is a profound day. And it's a day that I probably will never forget. It, it's it's something that, that really did change me. And, you know, again, I pray for those who've experienced possible loss on that day, you know, who may have, um, may even develop PTSD from it because it, it was to me a very traumatizing experience. And, you know, watching that on the news, I can't imagine being sick seeing that and not understanding what I'm watching. And the people that have lung disorders. Yeah, <laughs> lung disorders that. from that. And, and the mosses and, you know, there's so many things that came out of that, you know, even hatred. Um, so even for Muslim communities and mosques that they didn't even want people to go to, I think that it's just so much that people don't understand and to just base it around a specific of religion to make it where only, you know, a certain group of people are the ones that cause that. It's just, for me, you know, it's just unconstitutional. I just say that. You know, it's not for us to judge and we should not be judging others based on religious factors or putting them on a no-fly list because of their last name. Um, and I'll leave it there because I don't, you know, it, it, 
it's very uh it's just something that consciously you know learning how to unconsciously be biased it's an unlearned behavior and I, I think that's something that i'm hoping through more discussions that we can work towards you know it's really about awakening the soul and getting to a higher self for our greater good within us where there is no judgments no falsehood that we're shedding things and beliefs and um certain systems that you know that don't really work for you but you're able to work within the system to get it to work for the greater good absolutely so we're going to dedicate this episode to anybody that's going through hard times right now just know that things get better things will get better just continue to love on yourself don't believe the the lies and the deception that goes on even with these platforms that we're on like what we're saying is not the end all be all you know we're not trying to say we know it all been through it all. This is just our um, actual expression of the the mood that we're in and the climate that we're in. A lot of people just want to come out and express their their individuality and things that they care about because they're trying to censor a lot of the awakened people. A lot of the people that are trying to take down what's going on right now that it's just not right you know it's not and so let this be hope for you that this is not the end all be all like there's always something better than this and just know that 